0: Let's get some details now on this uh, mysterious assassination of Kim Jong-nam, who is the elder half-brother of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, also the eldest son of the late leader Kim Jong-il. Joining us from Dongseo University International Studies, Professor Brian Myers. Hello. Hello. Always great to have you, uh, Brian. Appreciate it. So, I mean, sure. it, it, it's, of course, gotten breathless coverage, not just here in Korea, but also uh, abroad. Uh, what do you make of it? Is it, is, is it a cut and dry case or do you feel that there are some details here that are a little bit of a head scratcher?
1: Well, I think we all know who was responsible for this. Um, of course, the question of exactly how he was killed. That may take a little bit longer to determine. There's been a lot of speculation about the kind of poison that it could have been something 600 times as powerful as as cyanide and so on. But um, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's minds who was responsible for his death.
0: When we talk about the motivation for uh, Kim Jong Un uh, as to why he would want to order the killing of his elder brother, who apparently they have never actually uh, met uh, in their lifetimes. This was, on the one hand, I think, would you agree with the uh, analysis that uh, Kim Jong-nam didn't necessarily pose any existential threat to the regime?
1: I would agree with that. You know, this is a a guy who had spent his whole life uh, since high school effectively partying and and wasting enormous sums of money right through the famine years and beyond. A a guy who was trying to get into Tokyo Disneyland at the age of 30. Uh, and I think more importantly, he never showed any real interest in power. And I think that's the real reason, uh, Kim Jong-il passed him over. And he wasn't a well-known figure in North Korea that, uh, you know, the masses were whispering about and perhaps hoping to see return to the country. Uh, uh many North Koreans are only now, uh, learning of his existence from their friends and relatives in China. So I don't think, uh, he was perceived as a threat uh, to Kim Jong-un's position. I think what he threatened was the mystique of the personality cult and uh, the supreme dignity of Kim Jong-un, if you will, you know. Every so often he would turn up in uh, South Korean or Japanese media saying critical things about North Korea. And, you know, we've had cases in the past, like the Ihan Han-young uh, killing in Bundang almost exactly 20 years ago when mm-hmm. the North Koreans sent assassins into South Korea. To kill, uh, you know, a, a, a clan member, a member of the royal clan in North Korea, who was, uh, you know, criticizing the North Korean regime. So I think uh, revenge or the desire to silence uh, a prominent and embarrassing critic is a much simpler and more plausible okay. motivation in this case.
0: So more so than uh necessarily a, a political move. This was really done out of spite and it does sort of uh I wouldn't say enhance, but I, I suppose it adds to this reputation of Kim Jong un as being this sort of very brutal, very uh spiteful and and, and uh, quite uh, dangerous uh type of political leader.
1: Yeah, I would say that too. Um, you know, we we've, we've heard all these stories about uh people who've been executed for for what we would perceive to be very minor offenses like nodding off during a meeting or whatever, right? Exactly, that kind of thing. I don't necessarily lend much credence to to these bizarre stories about how they were killed, the Mm. the wild dogs and the flamethrowers and things like that, but I think we can uh, conclude that he is uh, that kind of a person who who, uh, makes decisions on the spur of the moment. and. Yeah, is not put off by uh, international norms in any way.
0: As you say, it it's, it 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 is pretty clear who would be behind this. Uh, the one things that I, I, I a couple of things that people kind of look at the situation and and the facts that are, uh, I guess, verifiable so far that kind of are head scratchers are, are the fact that this was a very amateurish um assassination it, it wasn't necessarily what you're normally used to with highly trained assassins who've been uh I, I suppose from taken from a young age and and molded into these uh expert killers like we see in the movies and and typically you see these spies they automatically commit suicide afterwards to avoid any uh i, I, I suppose um uh Breach in terms of what they were doing to secure the uh, regime's secrets, and it just feels like this was really more of a kind of a bumbling operation. Do you do you not get that impression?
1: Not at all. Okay. Uh, quite the quite the opposite. I mean, it was it, it it looks to me almost like a stroke of genius, really, to to find people quite relatively spontaneously um, in the city who were willing to do something like this, whatever their motivations were, whatever they actually thought they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's who the police focused on at first, while the planners um, and the string pullers behind the event uh, made it, made off. You know, they got away with everything. So I don't think I okay. would call it amateurish. So
0: you do you know? take at face value, then, uh, one of the uh, suspects who's saying that, look, they were just kind of... Tr- telling us to practice uh, uh, spraying this thing and we thought it was a prank and we don't even know who this uh, Kim Jong-nam guy is and uh, th- this is what happened and, and we had no idea that it was going to be like this. Uh, there, you, you find some credibility in what that suspect is saying.
1: Yeah, I do, particularly because of the CCTV footage of, of one of those ladies, you know, in the hours leading up to the event, obviously very carefree. Neither of them was making any effort to, to hide their faces Uh, From the CCTV cameras as they were walking through the airport. So, yeah, I I would uh, lend credence to that. Of course, the the press is focusing on the fact that um, one of the women was wearing gloves and that she took the gloves off and threw them away in the taxi uh, uh, on her first um, exit from the airport. But I wouldn't lend too much uh, weight to that.
0: China, uh, we know that they were trying to uh, give some kind of uh, security or protection to Kim Jong-nam. Uh, they they are trying to protect his son. He he is uh, feared to or believed to be also a target of uh, North Korean officials. Do you feel that as far as China's going and, and their continued annoyance at North Korea in recent years that the, this would obviously also be something that uh, wouldn't make them happy?
1: Well, you know, Whenever North Korea acts up, the South Korean media especially always come out and say, well, this is really going (laughs) to upset (laughs) the straw that breaks the
0: camel's back. This
1: is going to be the last straw. There's this wishful thinking here that China has has finally had enough of North Korea. But uh, I think the more sober, uh, if cynical, interpretation now being made is that the Chinese could well be happy not to have to worry about this guy anymore. You know, mm. at some stage they may have hoped to install Kim Jong Nam in power in Pyongyang. Uh, if anything happened to Kim Jong Nam, but there must have been some sort of change of heart uh, for them to stop guarding him very closely. You know, in the old days they used to send bodyguards with him as he traveled around
0: Southeast My. Asia. So, so your 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 point is that if China was determined to to protect Kim Jong Nam, uh, they would have done so. He would not have been assassinated.
1: Yeah, I say had been determined to do so, but they they weren't. And you know, uh, when he was killed, when he went into the airport, he was just a North Korean in Malaysia. So this was not even a direct challenge or insult Mm. uh, to China, which uh, may well be relieved that this didn't happen in Macau.
0: Yeah, right. Good point. Where does this all lead now? I mean, we can say it's all kind of coincidental with the uh, recent missile launch, and and we know the ongoing debate over uh, the THAAD battery system here in South Korea, what China's uh, view on all of this is. Uh, North Korea uh, trying to get the attention of the Trump administration, who <laughs> oh, I think we can say is distracted with some other things internally right now. Uh, right. the, the what, what is their strategy going forward? I mean, everyone keeps saying further provocations. Is that really the MO, the expected thing that we'll Will happen
1: well you know my my usual line which I always trot out is that we've got to get away from this um, habit of looking at um, these very linear uh, stations in the North Korean nuclear program as as being uh, very expensive publicity stunts timed to coincide to this or that mm. event inside or outside the country this is a country this is a country that's been uh, pursuing, the capability to strike America with long-term nuclear weapons for decades now. Um, And I I think events like this, um, you know, should be seen as as separate from that. But this assassination does have a bearing on the discussion of the nuclear crisis um, because it makes it that little bit harder for people in South Korea or the United States to argue that we need to negotiate with the North Koreans and sign a peace treaty and so on. Mm. Um, You know, if we go back to 2013, you had like, six months of, of belligerent rhetoric from North Korea. But what really shocked people was the killing of Song Tech that December, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the logic was, how do you trust somebody who's going to kill his own uncle? Uh, uh, so now the question is, how do you trust somebody who's ready to kill his own half-brother? And I think this is why so many people on what I would call the sunshine policy left uh, in South Korea Uh, are are trying not to believe that North Korea could have done this. Mm. You know, you're even getting speculation that, you know, that that it could have been, uh, you know, a South Korean hit or something like that, uh, you know, cooked up to make North Korea look responsible. Uh, So, you know, in that sense, I think that this assassination was pretty unwise of Kim Jong-un, especially with the South Koreans trying to figure out who they're going to Mm -hmm. vote for 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 president in a few months. You know, North Korea should be trying to project the best possible image over the DMZ, which was something that his father understood in election years, that you need to behave a little bit better. And his grandfather understood that. Uh, But Kim Jong-un himself doesn't seem to get that.
0: As always, fascinating points. Uh, Professor Brian Myers, thank you for joining us once again. Have a good weekend.
1: Okay, you too. Thanks.